Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. Guess what? We have two amazing stuntmen from the film industry on our show today, and one's interviewing the other because, well... It's Brandy, it's Monday, it's busy, but welcome. They're going to inspire you, tell you their stories, and talk about everything that's wrong with them. Ha, 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 just kidding. <laughs> Have a great day, boys. Have a fun show. Go ahead, Kyle. Hello, my name is Kyle Gannon. I'll be uh, taking over from Brandy today, and I have an amazing uh, Mr. Potter with me today. How you doing, people? My name is Thomas Potter. How are you? Um, so, basically, we're just going to have a little chat today. We've got a kind of basic lot of stuff we can chat about just uh but more interestingly um brandy asked me yesterday it's really kind of last minute um what's kind of happened uh she asked me yesterday uh to um ask around if uh she if i knew anybody that um i found inspirational and that could be on the show and the first person that came to my mind was thomas potter um thomas has been in the industry for what, over 25 uh, years yeah about 25 years now about 25 years um, he's a military advisor on many shows. Um, been very fortunate enough to work with him. Um, he's also a man of vast experiences. <laughs> as he, I've done some stuff. <laughs> he's done stuff indeed. Um, but well, yeah, we'll just start from there. Um, just to kind of find out a bit more about um, your life, your kind of childhood. Um, <laughs> Even though it was a millennia ago, <laughs> back in the Stone Ages, where the fourteen hundreds wasn't that long. Ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to start off and uh, kind of yeah, just find out a bit more about when you were a kid, like what inspired you um, to get where you are now, or your and all your crazy stories, which you usually love sharing with us, and we all run out of room in fear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, so you guys get an idea of who I am. Uh, if you were to look me up on IMDb, you'd see a whole bunch of different things that I've done on there. The um, the crux of it is that I was um, I did a lot of martial arts as a kid. My dad was a prize fighter, so I learned how to box first. Then uh, one of his very good friends at work was a um, fifth degree black belt in hard style Shotokan, so I did that for a few years, got to the point where I was a brown belt and got good at it. Uh, and then I decided I was going to join the military. I had a student pilot's license. I was scoring hundreds and 98s on all my aptitude tests. And then they told me that I needed two courses, a math and a science. So instead, I joined the infantry. And not just any infantry. I joined light infantry. Light infantry basically means you're carrying your house on your back. That's what the light part means. Um, did that mostly. I spent almost all my time in reconnaissance from one battalion to the next, I would just be popped. I'd come in with a rifle company and stay there for a couple months and then get popped back into recce again in reconnaissance. And wherein I did a, a number of different jobs there. I think part of that is what made it so that um, when I got out, after I got fed up with the politics, I was all, I'm always used to having several different jobs. I've never been somebody who's had just like one job. Um, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could do just one job. I'm not sure how that would work for me, but even in recce, it was surveillance, intelligence, uh, 
patrol, sniper, int, uh, you know, whatever was needed in there. Aside, along with being weapons instructor and, and all sorts of other fun stuff and doing time with the French Army commandos and all the rest of that sort of good stuff. So then I get out of the Army because of politics. I'm living with a couple of the regimental brothers, and I'm working as an arm courier, and I'm doing a little bodyguarding on the side. And um, I get a call from a guy that I was with in the 2nd Battalion that I knew, who, as it, it turned out, was working as a, a TAD on set. And he says, um, hey, I got this show I'm doing, and they're looking for snipers. So I told them I actually know a real one. So do you want to come in and do background as a sniper? And I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so I came in, I did it. It was on a show that I actually liked, but it was such a giant clusterfuck. I couldn't believe how untactically sound everything was. So from there, I ended up um, meeting a couple of guys and started training to do more stunt stuff because I had done uh, fight demonstrations when I was doing hardstyle Shotokan. And one of the other things I did when I was in was I was a unarmed combat team leader, but we did, we did what's called defendo. And um, people can take defendo training as civilians, but defendo, the military version is actually designed for one purpose and one person purpose only and that is to kill people really really quickly so it tends not to work to try to train civilians on how to do this um, mostly because it's it's painful like it's hard painful training so then I got into film and I found out about some of the stunt guys and I started training with a bunch of dudes um, you know met some of the old school legends in the stunt world and Dar Robinson and Denny Arnold and, um, you know, some of the guys that started Stunts Canada that actually started the original three guys that started Stunts Canada, John Wardlow being one of them who gave me one of my very first stunt, stunt jobs ever, one of my very first contract jobs on set, uh, got to hang out and learn so much from Alex Green you know, it was just amazing to hang out with those guys. And I was kind of like, yeah, I want to do this thing. Then I started doing a bunch of theater for shits and giggles. And um, at one point, somebody said, uh, you're very talented, but you're wildly uncontrollable, which is pretty much a basic <laughs> statement of my life at that point <laughs> anyway. Um, so they said, you should go and get some training. Now, because of my background, um, the idea of like doing a little, I tried it actually, I did it. I tried a little thing where there was like four weekend workshop thing and it was interesting and I could see how it worked for everybody else in the class, but me, but because of my background, I need to be completely immersed in something. So that being said, I looked at where can I go to school for a couple of years and learn as much as I need to learn. At this point, I'm making about a third of my living uh, in, in working, doing special skills, background work on set. So I looked at um, Royal Shakespeare Company in England. I looked at the Shakespeare Company in Stratford uh, because Colm Fiore. 
And then I worked at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I thought, huh, Ontario in the winter, not going to happen. <laughs> um, London, I know how much it costs to live in London. It's very expensive. And then I said, oh, if I can get into the American Academy, I can go to the school in L.A., which means just throw my saddlebags on my Harley and ride down the hill, basically. <laughs> okay, it's a little more than that. I've been a fan of motorbikes, just yeah. FYI, everybody. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening was I applied for their summer program to check the school out, went down there, stayed there for, uh, I don't know, I think I was there for about three and a half months, came back and said, yep, that's it, we're doing this, and then applied for a Canada student loan to go there because if you can get into school like that, you can get a student loan to go there. And it's like some of my, some of the friends that I admire that were performers said, if you can get into a school like that, even if you never ever work as an actor on stage again, getting paid, it will be so much more valuable to you than anything else. So there you go. There's the start. That's the start among all the other things that he's probably kicking under wraps. Yeah. Just for now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's Thomas Potter. Um, everybody. Um, he is definitely one of the most inspirational people I've met in my life. Um, mostly because I've died a bunch of times. Mostly because he's more machine than man <laughs> these days. I don't know how many accidents you've been in your life. A lot. A lot. Um, so, actually, you have an inju inju injury from motorcycle. No, a car accident. Car accident. Car accident. Yeah, it's funny. Car accident. 22 years riding motorcycles. First fucking car I owned. <laughs> the hell. Um, but... He, he was undoubtedly the first person I thought uh, thought of when Brandy did ask. Um, but today we just wanted to actually talk about, um, we're going to delve into some work ethic. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like even doesn't matter what you do or who you are, um, just some good principles that Thomas could probably educate us on um, in just strong, just becoming strong work ethic, uh, good discipline. Um and so on and so forth. So I guess we could kind of, before we break anyway. Um, we'll get into some life skills. Some life skills. Life okay. skills yeah. that people should have been taught, even <laughs> in my generation and now. It's one of those things that's been sorely lacking with people probably for the last 50 years. Life skills that they just don't teach people. Mm -hmm. I was actually fortunate enough to be on the phone with him last week for about 40 minutes telling me in the basic use of a credit card. Yeah. The very most exactly. simplest things you walk away going, ah, so simple yet I did not think of it. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely true. But anyway, well, I guess we could start like a little bit before we break anyway. Um, what, if you could like guess, break down your basic principles of life or how you live your life, what would you actually say? Uh, hmm. of a man of your expertise and experiences in many things. Um, have a purpose. Have like, a purpose. Really, have a purpose with everything you're doing, hmm. right? Because if you don't, all you're going to do is find yourself spinning your wheels, mm -hmm. and you're going to be so frustrated, and you're going to get so angry at everything. But that anger is actually not really aimed at anything. It's just because you're pissed off because stuff isn't working properly. <laughs> when I was at school in the academy, uh, me and one other guy were the two oldest people there. He was still driving six hours every Friday after class to go back to where he lived and work, get, making sure that his construction company that he was running was still running while he was gone. Yeah. And then, you know, Monday morning, he'd leave at, at 
at about eight o'clock and oh no, he probably, he probably left at zero six and drive six hours to be in class for one o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. But he, he had to do this, right? And he knew that he had to be organized to do it. Meanwhile, I had people that were friends of mine and, and acquaintances that I liked in class who couldn't get all their assignments done on time mm-hmm. and would come to me at the, at the 11th hour and say, hey, you did this all already. I'm like, yeah, man, I did that three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Can I look at your notes? Absolutely not. <laughs> Fair. Grow up. Yeah. You know, take responsibility for yourself and pardon for my language. Uh, that's just how he speaks. Yeah. yeah. That's just his language. Um, so with that, that kind of responsibility for your own work, you need to do that mm-hmm. because if you aren't responsible for your work, when you're learning and training, you're never going to be responsible for your work. When casting sends you your sides for an audition and you're working till eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night on set and you have to go home, bang out the work on that audition, sleep for five hours, get up, bang it out again, make it strong, and then head in to your audition. Right. Um, I actually think we're about to, I think we are too, about to head on a break, but um, when we return, we will continue going down that route. We'll talk about more stuff. We'll talk about more important stuff, stuff that needs to be talked about. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are tuned in to team wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com that's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, we're back. We're, we're back. back. We're back. Okay. We're season two. So, um, one of the things that um, uh, has always kind of bugged me as uh, as an adult when, it, when with regards to kids and teenagers and young adults, especially kids and teenagers, um, was that a lot of people that are older have forgotten what it's like to be a kid or to be a teenager <laughs> or to be someone who's 20. Yeah. Now, I have, to, I have to look at the difference in what I was doing when I was 20 years old and what most people are doing when they're 20 years old, right? But like my loving giant son always said to me as a teenager he would say dad i love the fact and even when he was a little kid he'd say his buddies like hanging out with me and lachlan they'd say because you remember what it's like to be a little kid and the reality is being a kid and being a teenager is difficult like it is really difficult there is so much pressure on you as a, as a kid to try to sort out and make your way through life without trying to screw it up and Part of the problem is that the things that are small problems when you're 16, when you're a person who, you know, your mom is 40, your little problem when you're 16 is so infinitesimal to everything else that's gone on in her life that she may not give you the weight that it's that you need to understand how that problem you're having can be solved. Right. And just saying, oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. It's just a phase you're going through isn't really that helpful. Right. It doesn't help you. I mean, advantageous for me as a kid, I grew up in a house where at one point there were nine girls living in my house. My mom, my little sister, three stepsisters and four girls that were boarding as um, foster kids in the house. And actually two of them were just boarding in the house because, you know, they had abusive uncle that was running the households that they were in. But that's the kind of stuff that, you know, when you're an adult, sometimes you forget that kind of thing. Sometimes you forget how hard it is for kids to get through being a kid and coming out the other side as a responsible adult. When I was saying life skills, I mean, one of the pluses for me was the fact that my sisters couldn't cook for shit. They were oh, yeah. terrible, like just freaking terrible. Um, and I like to eat. So consequently, I did a lot of the cooking. I learned how to cook. I learned how to read recipes. I learned how to do stuff. Did I screw food up on a regular basis? Absolutely. My sister, <laughs> my little sister still teases me about a couple of things that I've made and things that I named because they were basically, they would be better used as tent patching for a canvas tent out in the wilderness somewhere, as opposed to eating it as food, but eat it. We did because we were poor. So when you're poor, you eat what's what's made. But it also made me learn how to how to do shopping, like how to actually go grocery shopping and buy food properly, not just 
buy stuff because it's there, but buy stuff with, I'm going to make X amount of meals between now and the next time I pick up my checks from my agent or from production office. So what am I going to do? How am I going to make this advantageous? So you're not just, uh, um, what's the word they call it? There's a kind of shopping where they set food up in ways so that you'll just buy it. Oh, I know the name of it, and I'm having a total brain fart. Food marketing? No, no. <laughs> impulse buying. Yeah, they do impulse buying. Super. That's why they put super right. certain foods out in your way so that you'll go, oh, I need to buy, you know, Bengalian chicken flakes because, you know, I need it's it. Healthy. Yeah. And you need it. You know, yeah, right. exactly. But you don't. And you need to learn how to cook. You need to learn how to manage food. Mm. Like, what do you want to make? How can you make and portion out food so that you don't sit there, get home, throw an entire package of craft dinner into a, into a mm. container, and A, you, you don't actually know how to make it properly, and B, you eat the whole thing, and you're sitting there going, I hate myself. No, you don't hate yourself. You just need to learn how to cook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I've still got friends these days, some in their 30s that don't know how to cook, like you were just saying. Yeah, dude, I know, guys, I know guys in their 50s that still can't cook. Jesus. You know, when they're – when their significant other, male or female, is gone, these guys are they're at they are they make quick coffee. cereal in the yeah. morning with coffee. Yeah, yeah. Really. yeah, And then all their other meals are bought mm. or ordered. You know, they don't know how to cook. You can get the box stuff that comes to you now as well. It comes to you like the but food. They're not cooking it. Yeah, no, they're no, not going no, to no, cook no, it. it. Right? They don't know how. Yeah. Um, how to handle money. Mm. That's one of those things that um, is really, really important. Luckily, well, here in, in BC, um, if you're in the film industry as a, as a performer, they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it because I haven't seen a message about it. But the union comptroller, um, if you don't know what a comptroller is, look it up. Uh, in a dictionary, C O M P T R O L L E R, comptroller. Uh, anyways, the comptroller would um, have a session twice a year on people learning how to do their taxes. Like what you actually need to learn on what you can deduct from your taxes. Because as a performer uh, or you know, you are a sole proprietor. You are yourself. Your business is you. So all of these different things that you do for yourself are write-offs. So why would you want to give the government more money? They don't know what they're doing with it anyway. You know, it's screamingly obvious on a regular basis in this country that the federal government, the last one we had and the one we still have again, uh, doesn't know what he's doing with a dime, let alone a dollar. So let's see. Do you know how to do your laundry without ruining it? I even learned something several years ago with my uh, late wife and my beloved stepdaughter that you should apparently not wash Lululemons in the same wash <laughs> with blue jeans and towels. Apparently, it's very bad for them. <laughs> I learned something last week, actually. So I put uh, my fiance's bra in the uh, dryer. That didn't go too well when yeah. she came back in the room and she wasn't very happy with me. Uh, yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> I, have, I have. That's not. That's just. Yeah, I know, that's not our fault. And bras are well. Bras are very expensive. expensive. 
So it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> my my first wife used to have uh, custom made bras because she was built in a spectacular fashion, and you know, for an ex ballet dancer who became very busty, mm-hmm. trying to find bras was freaking near impossible, and you know, you would pay a lot of money. There was one really good store in in uh, L.A. that regularly took our money. Mine, especially once after I ruined like four of them. That was $200 later. Jesus. And that was, uh, that was uh, 95. That was 19, oh no, 1995 or 96. Well, I another thing I forgot to do that. I'm actually learning now. This is the benefits of actually having a loving uh, missus at home is that uh, you actually learn how to do Laundry. Well, and both, well, and, and both ways, right? In both ways, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I know, I know friends of mine. Um, even even uh, this one couple, these two guys that I'm still really good friends with. One of them because the other one's passed, but um, Stephen's uh, husband Lynn, you know, Stephen couldn't turn a screwdriver if his life depended on it. But Lynn, man, that boy could build anything. He could build anything, and you know. He was like, hey, we're building all this stuff for the set. What are we? And I'm like, okay, dude, what are we yeah. building? Show me what we've drawn. We'll make the plans happen because I've done lots of construction work. Right. And like um, like speaking on skill sets and stuff like that, would you say that skill sets in the younger generations has declined these days? No, I think they're just different. Uh, the, the problem isn't that they've declined. The problem is that the school systems, um, depending on where you are, especially in some of the big cities, mm-hmm. they've taken out a lot of the classes for kids um, that makes them independent. Mm-hmm. Um, like my son was taught how to use power tools and how to hang drywall and how to bang in studs and sand drywall and paint and all that stuff. You know, basically by the time he was 14, he could do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he's not going to just sit around. I'm going to, I'm going to make him work and he's going to do things and that's, what's going to happen. And he wanted to learn once he started learning that he could build things, then why wouldn't he want to learn? Um, that being said, there are lots of outside activities. Like he learned welding, not school because they didn't have it, but he learned welding at the Pratt center for the arts in, in Seattle. He learned how to weld down in Seattle because that was part of the program that he did. And it really worked for him. Like he was really, really good at it. His teacher was quite impressed. She and she could she could weld like nobody's business, man. She could do it she could do it by sound. Where I would have to see something to weld, mm-hmm. she could just do it by looking at it. Mm-hmm. So now on the note of welding, we are going to burn off into the next Break. Uh, yes. <laughs> oxyacetylene burn off. So we're just going to go to a uh, break and uh, some what's called adver- advertisements from our sponsors. So stand by for the next uh, round, people, where we will tell you more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? 
All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. You're inspiring the generation. Well, hello, people. Did you miss me? Come on now. <laughs> Say it. It's all right. Um, how about we talk about your military career? Uh, yeah. Okay. The youngsters. Uh, okay, so here's the uh, reality of the military. Um, I signed the dotted line when I was 17. I wasn't even finished high school. So I did it for quite a long time. Uh, well, actually, no, less than, less than a decade. So, But one of the things that you learn uh, about being in the military is if you take advantage of everything that's in there, you can get an awful lot done in 10 years you will do more stuff i have done more stuff in my time when i was in the military than people that i know now that are my age that are in their mid late 50s right um if you take advantage of it but you have to know how to make the system work for you um there are a lot of pluses to it like I went, uh, like I said, I had a student pilot's license. You know, I had all these high scores on all the tests and everything else like that. But my my youth and impatience made me say, no, I don't want to do one more term with two classes before going into the Air Force and being a fighter pilot. Instead, I wanted to be a ground pounder, hunting people on the ground. <laughs> the hell was I thinking? You still do that. Um, yeah, but, but the, the point was once I got in, you know, there was a bunch of us there, and when you when we went through 
basic and then we went to um, battle school in Wainwright in Alberta and we did ours in the winter so it was just extra special um, that would have been a bit cold yeah just a bit yeah um, what happens is that a you learn how to bond with people forever um, and I mean like forever my late wife and my first wife were always surprised when I would get a call from somebody that I hadn't seen for a decade or two and she'd be like, or they would show up and she'd go, it's amazing. You, it's like you guys saw each other last week. Well, that's how it works, you know, and you meet some interesting friends. When I was going to school down in LA at the Academy, uh, I remember sitting there and we had just moved into a new house and there was, um, three of us in the house. So the phone was on an uh, unlisted phone number. So we were there for probably two months and the phone rang one day and my wife says, Thomas, is some guy named Fred for you? Well, my buddy Freddie was not only a recce guy, a reconnaissance guy like me, but he was a master sniper, two commando, um, and a bunch of other stuff. And after he had a bad parachute drop and ended up about an inch and a half shorter, uh, he ended up in intelligence. And Freddie was always one of those guys where every week he was putting in a memo trying to get another course. He was trying to get more training constantly. And it was really, really obscure stuff. Remember, this is the 80s and computers were pretty well not really known, right? There wasn't a lot about computers, but he was already had heard about them and was trying to get courses through the military for all this kind of stuff. Well, Fred phones me and as we're talking, we're shooting the shit and stuff. I said, hey, wait a minute. This is an unlisted number. I don't even think I've given it to my sister yet. He goes, no, I didn't call your sister. I said, well, how'd you get, how'd you get my phone number? And he says, you do remember what I do for a living, right? So that's the people you can meet, <laughs> right? So guys like Freddie are people that you see someone like that who is constantly wanting to get that course, constantly wants to go somewhere. We had a guy in the 3rd Battalion who really wanted to go to 2 Commando, so he needed his jump course, jump course, his parachute course to go to the commando. So he parked his pickup truck on base, and he had a sheet of plywood on each side that he hung off his truck every day that said, send me to the, send me to the jump course, send me to the jump <laughs> course. And he kept it parked on the Marg or on base uh, by the parade square for about three months before the RSM just said, send that stupid prick on course. So he did, he went to two commando, he did the jump course. And then, you know, before he got time to set another set of signs up to get him sent to two commando, they were like, yeah, okay, before you set the signs up, we're sending you out. Hmm. Right. So it's all about, figuring out how to motivate yourself. There's never like, I've done all sorts of stuff just on the fact that I've learned enough and I've taken enough courses. I think I, I think besides being gone all the time over the course of that time that I was in, I still managed to pack in uh, 14 courses in my time that I was in. So I'd come back and I'd be on the ground for, you know, three weeks. And then it would just be like, hey, guess what? You're going on a course. Pick a course. 
you have two choices. Which one do you want? And there'd already be courses that I'd already had my name in for before, but they don't want you to sit. They don't want you to get idle and they want you to keep working. Plus, it will, depending on what you do, you have that option. It doesn't matter what branch or what field you go into. If you want to become physically the best that you can, that is one way to do it. Um, you will have PT time, physical training time that even if nobody else, if you go, say you go Air Force or Navy and there's nobody else in your unit that's doing any training, yeah, guess what? You're allowed to take that time and you're allowed to train and you're constantly allowed to train. And the more you train, the better you get, the stronger you are. You need to have a strong mind and a strong body, right? It's like mental, um, not mental illness, but when somebody says you have um, any kind of mental disorder, like, you know, like my kid has a nonverbal learning disorder. And I tell him, and I've told him lots of times, I said, Lachlan, you're not mentally weak at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. I said, if you were, you wouldn't have a black belt in Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't have accomplished all these things that you've done already. You just need to figure out a different way to get around the problem. That's all. That's all it is. And it's the same thing with being a kid and trying to live through life. A, one of the things you have to actually really understand is that high school is not your whole life. Your, your life is not dependent on what some dickhead or some scrunt in, in the fucking class says about you or says to you. That person is probably weak anyway, and they do that to try to make themselves feel stronger. You just got to be stronger than them and be better at something else that they can never do. I've seen lots of people like that. I, I know a guy who in theater here in Vancouver, oh my goodness, like he had, uh, I really can't remember what the, um, the, the psychological mental disorder was, but he would go to a audition for a theater show. And if I saw him there, uh, he would want to practice with me and practice the scenes before we went into audition. And, and if possible, I would do the scenes with him, but he would bring four shirts because he would sweat so much. He would sweat through three shirts, just getting ready to go and do the audition. He was really, really, it was really difficult for him to do the auditions. But once he got the, once he got the job, he was fine. Like as soon as he knew, and especially in performance, the guy was brilliant in performance. Like if you were on stage, you could not let yourself relax out of your character because he was going to take over that whole stage and nobody would be looking at anybody on that stage except him because he was that confidence in his skill in performance. He just couldn't audition or no auditioning created such anxiety for him. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and it's like Victor in the class, right? Yeah, like yeah. I can tell whenever Victor's not taking his meds, mm -hmm. when Victor shows up in class mm -hmm. and he's spun out completely, mm -hmm. then I just walk over and say, Hey, have you taken your meds this morning? And if he tells me, no, I'm like, okay, it's really obvious. You need to take your meds. I don't care what you're trying to do. You're taking your meds for a reason. Just take your meds. It's not a problem, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how good a performer you are. And you've seen Victor in class. That yeah. guy That yeah. guy has got some goes, serious goes, performance skills. Goes, uh, Victor is a person that we train with. He's a brilliant performer as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he has some issues that he needs to use medication 
to keep himself grounded, to keep himself controlled and focused. And it's not anything in this day and age that anybody should ever mm-hmm. consider to be a, um, a weakness because you're not. He's not mentally weak at all, nor is he physically weak. Yeah, well, he's out of shape like hell <laughs> in the summer, but you know he freaking paid for that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in uh, Thomas's class classes on uh, Sundays at about nine, um, he we do five push-ups. You only have to do five push-ups. You have to do five push-ups, and if you come, just <laughs> just takes about fourteen minutes to do five push-ups, push-ups. in my class. They're very long push-ups, but they are they they're definitely worth it. Um, what would you say about um? Like Tim, we're on that subject about mental mental aptitude. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, Men, well, one of the things I, I want to say is to be mentally aware of what's going on in your headspace. Um, like I get it from the PTSD that I have, and and mine has, and I know exactly why. But I mean, even when I got out of the army, it took me ten years to get a grip on my temper. I was incredibly violent mm. and like really good at it. Mm. So that didn't help very many people at all <laughs> but you know it made the kind of work i was doing you know really handy um one of the first things is don't be afraid to talk to somebody about it especially if you're talking to your buddy if, if your buddy is somebody that can't handle the fact that you have um an issue mentally then he's probably not your friend you know it might be something that is hard for them to wrap their head around but if they really want to, they can, right? Everybody can, mm-hmm. you know, and I've known some dudes who've gone through some really bad shit. I've been with a bunch of guys and had one of the guys sort of get all vacant. And the next thing we know, middle of the night, he packed up all his shit, got on his motorcycle and rode away because mm-hmm. it was too much for him. It doesn't mean anybody doesn't like him. He's still our friend. <laughs> we just tease him about it because, well, we do it the way we can. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's come back to that yeah. after we take this break from our sponsors. From our sponsors. And uh, we'll continue down that path. Thank you, everyone, for listening so far. When we will be back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside. And our business is no different. 
Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. We are here with uh, Mr. Thomas Potter. In Hi, fashion. people. Did you miss me? <laughs> it's true. So, um, while we have a moment, uh, let's get into some of the stuff with regards to um, acting and performance and performers and all that sort of good stuff and a few things that that I've seen over the decades since I walked onto a set just to be a sniper one day. Yeah, and that guy, by the way, is a first AD on shows all the time. Um, so one of the things that I have noticed, and especially since I grew up in a house full of girls, is that uh, women's body dysmorphia and what they think they should look like versus how they actually look and how they actually feel about the way that they look. I had uh, uh, two friends of mine that ended up after, God, I think I did like four theater shows and they were all involved in them at the same time. And then they ended up in a relationship and everything else. And they were both going to New York. She had been accepted into AMDA. And for any of you teenagers out there who are in the performing arts and you know what AMDA is, you can imagine how much of a triple threat she was. And she really was. Um, But she had gone there and uh, done something in the summer and came back and we're doing a show and she was going to be going there. And she was probably 16 at the time. And she was dating our friend Zito. I uh, was a little older, but uh, he was going to go to New York because he was going to go to um, American Academy, or no, the Academy of Music, I think. I can't remember which one, but he was going to go to another school like that in New York. And she was sitting there, super worried uh, one day, and, you know, could tell that something was wrong. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, don't give me no crap. Tell me what's going on. And she said she was worried because there were so many pretty girls at her school and at his school and she was worried because she didn't think she was pretty enough a first of all she was she was a very cute young lady and she was incredibly talented and she was really 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 smart 
And I said to her, I said, hey, listen, here's the way I look at it. One of the things that I know is that beauty is a candle that fades with time. I said, intelligence is a flame that grows stronger as you get older. I said, anybody is going to want to be you because you are incredibly smart and you are incredibly talented. I am kind of glad that it seems to be now that people are taking value into intelligence with men and women, and especially women, because I've always been one of these guys. By the time I was probably about 25, it was like the smart ones were the ones that you actually wanted to hang out with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, don't ever be afraid to be smarter, right? No one's going to ever tell you that there's something wrong with you for being smarter. And to that end, if you see a course or a training or anything like that, that you're like, huh, that looks kind of cool. Maybe I should do that. One of the best mechanics I ever met overseas was a 16-year-old German girl. (laughs) (laughs) She could strip down a race car motor in, in a weekend and rebuild it. She was that good. Wow. Yeah, she was a, she was outstanding. So anyways, um, always remember you need to be physically and mentally strong. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Um, you need to be physically strong as well as mentally strong. All of those things are going to keep you alive. Trust me on the physically strong thing. I've shattered everything from my bottom six ribs all the way down. Literally. The only thing, only parts of my body that I haven't broken so far are my spine and my skull. And my skull has just had a bunch of damage anyway from, you know, just, yeah, just, doing just stuff. me doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just the way it is, man. And really, if there's something that pushes you and is really, really hard, keep doing it. Because even if you find out that it's not something you're great at, you will have done it. You'll have gone from the beginning and gone through the end of it, right? You can get all the way to the end of something. You can take a course or if you're going to university and you're like, man, maybe I want to be an accountant. And you start taking courses and you discover that you're really good at it. Who knows? You might be really, really, really good at it. I have friends from my graduating class from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts that after school was over, they never went into trying to be professional performers, but they still perform. Mm -hmm. They still do theater and they bring everything that they've learned. And now at this point, they're bringing all their life skills into it, all the life stuff that they have, and they're making some great stuff happen. I mean, when I was sitting after I'd come out of the six month coma in the hospital, you know, I had one of my buddies come by that I worked with as a steel climber and high rigger. And, uh, he comes in, he's got a guitar. He said, Hey, I brought you a guitar. I said, I don't know how to play a guitar. He goes, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He just sit there and strum the guitar. And I <laughs> sat there and I strummed and picked on a guitar for, well, I was in the hospital for another couple months, but that's an entirely different story. Um, so, But I just sat there and I made music in my own head just to get through all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Never be a musician, but I always love watching it. It's like, you know, you can do just about anything you want. If not do it well, then try it. You know, who knows? You could 
discover that there's something that's out there that you're actually really good at that you never would have thought to do. You know, it's like uh, everything in life. If you don't try it, you're never going to know if you're any good at it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. 100%. And the same thing with film, film yeah. and, and, and theater. If you don't try stuff in the performing arts and don't use theater and film as your therapy, <laughs> oh, crap. please don't do that. That's not what, that's not your therapy. Okay. If you know, if you need to go see a talking doctor, go see a talking doctor. There's nothing wrong with it. If you need to do theater because you love to perform and you love to hear that instant reaction from a crowd and you want to do it, then do that and pick up everything you can. If you want to jump in front of a camera or jump behind a camera, do that as well. You know, while we're sitting here, I keep looking at my phone because a buddy of mine that I did several independent films with way back in the day is down in Mexico and apparently has a problem on his set and needs to talk to me. So, <laughs> and hence we did not see time. Right. So there you go. Try but, everything. Don't have be afraid of anything. And if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Yeah. And if nothing else, you can say that you tried. And you've mm -hmm. done something. You might discover that working in film isn't for you. Mm -hmm. But you might discover something else that really, really is. Mm -hmm. You know, my beloved stepdaughter has done print ads and has done a bunch of stuff like that. But she has no time for it. She actually digs accounting and statistics and global finance. She has her mother's brain, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even her father says that. No, cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually all we have time for today. Yeah. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening in. And, uh, and if you have any questions, just send them to Brandy. Just send them to Brandy. she'll answer your questions. Or if you have any questions for Thomas himself. Um, also send it to Brandy. <laughs> yeah, send it to Brandy. Send it to Brandy. <laughs> It'll be brilliant. It'll be brilliant. Don't worry about it. And uh, you can always buy Thomas's new book. <laughs> <laughs> and you can look up the only Stop. social media I have really that I ever look at is my Instagram, which is actually my old call sign, which is 6-2 Foxtrot Productions. So there you go. 6-2 Foxtrot Productions. <laughs> All right. But uh, thank you, everyone. And um, we will see you next week. Later. Later, ladies. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Bye.